Welcome to the Morning Sly Show with Super Sly 75. You're listening to OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. Sign up for OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. All shows are live on TheWakeUpRadio.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as otwtube.com. And now back to your host, Super Sly 75. My bad. Okay. Um, shit, come on, camera. Don't do this. There we go. There we go. To keep it, what's happening? Hey, listen, I had no, no show topic today. Like I had, I was going to do, oh, the plan was to do something this morning. And I was like, I have no topics. Then all of a sudden topics just started flooding and whatever the case may be. So. Uh, been waiting, waiting for this. You and uh, you and Eck and Alexis are my new faves. Thank you. I'm humble. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Greg D. What's that? Roscoe. What's happening? So Terry. Hey, hey, hey. Jay Prince. Try to try to extort one of your homeboys. Listen, I I totally forgot about the the beef between him and, and Big Mike. We're gonna go over that as well. So that that would tip that would be Exhibit J. That would be Exhibit J of my ongoing case of the state versus J Prince. <laughs> we gonna get into it. Whole bunch of stuff. I'm not gonna keep you guys that long. Um, I will ask that you guys put on your aluminium hats because the Trump thing is weird. The Trump thing is very, very weird. Very weird. Very, very weird. Okay. So let's get into it. Um, the youth is going to take down the print. Hey, Sarah, yo, between social media <laughs> and pretty much it's, it's the youth. I mean, yeah, these old heads getting up out of here, getting them up out of here. Oh, listen, it, we're going to get to the Trump thing and I fucks with Trump, but 
even I was like, this is too wild for me. We're going to get to, we're going to get to the Trump, the Trump thing. So keep it. Thank you for being a member. Appreciate that. Yes. Aluminium. Everybody put on the aluminium hats, fedoras, fezes, kufis, <laughs> church hats, all aluminium, all aluminium. So first things first, um, is anybody watching the new season of American Horror Story New York? Is anybody watching the new season of American Horror Story New York? Yo, it's a great story. I don't care about all the gay shit. I It's me with the gay shit. But the story is crazy right now. Please tell me I'm not the only one that's watching it. It's, it's a crazy story. And I didn't even realize Zachary Quinto, from, he plays Spock in the, the rebooted Star Trek uh, movies. That's him, right? And then, so they're all gay. And there's this murder mystery. There's a gay serial killer who happens to be gay. And, okay. So the gay serial killer works for a gay fixer or a cleaner, okay? This is New York, early 80s. Um, they talk about Plum Island. They talk about how AIDS was engineered as a bioengineered weapon. I mean, they get into it in this series. It's fascinating, right? Fascinating. I get it. I know, but listen, it's deep. It's deep. I'm going to spoil it. I'm already up to... uh. <laughs> Episode seven. I'm just saying, listen, so this is, this is, I think we got three more episodes left. So there's this section of New York, the, the gay section, whatever the case may be. And you have gay people from all tops, from all caste systems. Right. So the main character is Zachary Quinto. He, he plays Sam. He's a, he fronts a, a, his little boyfriend photographer. Right. And, and, and then there's the gay cop who's getting a divorce and he he deals with his gay boyfriend that runs like a gay newspaper for gay issues. And then you have the gay fixer, okay? The cleaner. And then his assistant is the is the gay serial killer. Okay? So what ends up happening, they all four these all four or five of these men all have connections together going back uh, I think the date was 1973, whatever. So the gay cop goes to his first gay trip. He meets Zachary Kinto's character, right? So Zachary and the gay cop have a tryst and they bring um, Zachary's little boyfriend. They kill Zachary's little boyfriend in some gay stuff, right? They put the mask on him. He couldn't breathe the dudes, whatever. And he dies from asphyxiation. Okay. And, and, and so Zachary character is like, oh, my God, you just killed him. Blah, blah, blah. And he pulls a gun on the cop. He says, we need to call the cops. He says, I am a cop. So Sam, uh, I think his name is Sam, Zachary, Zachary's character, calls the gay fixer. The gay fixer, you know, he's gay, but he's old. He's an old head. Fly ass suits and stuff. These pastel color suits. They call the fixer to come in. They look at the body. They're like, okay, 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 we can take care of it. You know, I just, yeah, 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 take care of it. You know, I need a, I need a gun. His assistant is this six foot five, 
really frumpy, weird-looking dude. This is his guy that deals with the bodies. So as he's dismembering, and 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 he has a he had he he really loves his, he loves gay people, right? He's like, oh my god, he was just a boy. Like, who did this to him? Why would y'all kill him? He was a young gay boy. And he, and 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 the, and the boss is like, man, just just dispose of the body. Just do what you do, right? So as he's cutting the body up, he starts to enjoy it, right? We're talking about the the assistant to the fixer. He starts to really enjoy it, cutting up the body. So the body's all cut up in parts. He cuts the head off with the mask on still. Okay. And then subsequently years later, so they're all bound by this secret, the gay cop, uh, Sam, the fixer and the fixer's assistant. So this is the moment that leads the fixer's assistant down the path of becoming a serial gay killer. He's former military. He was given a dishonorable discharge because he was found out to be gay. Years later, some random gay couple finds the dead body from years prior with the mask alone, but now it's just skeletons. So you got the gay cop, his boyfriend that runs the, the magazine, just now finding this all out because they tell it in the flashback, Zachary Quinto's character, the gay fixer. So they're all like, okay, look, you know, the cops like no one cuts bones this clean, cuts joints. I haven't seen joints cut this clean, you know, since these murders started popping up because there's a gay serial killer snatching up gay men. And so what the gay serial killer does is create his own perfect person with all the body parts that he, he takes from the, his, his dead gay victims like a Frankenstein. So he has this body on the, on the crucifix and he's like, this is the perfect one, blah, 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 blah. I mean, he just do this, this, this dude is whacking everybody, every gay person, nobody's safe. And then Sam Zachary's character has this big dude called big daddy. And he goes around. He's his, he's like his enforcer, right? Cause you thought big daddy was working with the serial killer, but he's not, he's working for Sam. Okay. But then Sam was like, this gay cop knows my secret. I got to get rid of him. It's crazy, right? So then Big Daddy jumps the gay cop at his soon-to-be ex-wife's house, right? Ex-wife is like, okay, do I need to stay? You know, I'm okay. Or, you know, I, I go, I, you know, I'll stay here. He's like, no, I go somewhere else. Like, no, I'm fine. I'm stay here, whatever. So then later on, the next following night, Big Daddy breaks back into the the gay cop's ex-wife strangles her in the shower. I was like, oh, no, that's Big Daddy doing too much right now. One gay guy actually escapes, but Big Daddy is under some type of programming because he'll literally stand by the door, by Sam's door, and will not move. So when the gay dude escaped out of Sam's apartment because he had him in a cage downstairs, Big Daddy's standing at the door, doesn't say anything, and the gay dude's like, hey, man, I just want to get out, man. I'm not going to say anything. And he just doesn't, he doesn't move first attempt that big daddy tries to kill the gay cop in central park. So that's the first time the gay cop meets big daddy. The second time is when he breaks into his soon to be ex's wife apartment, tries to kill him there. So all his partners are like, are you sure that you are not a gay guy? You're, Cause it's 1970s, New York, 1980s, New York. You know what I'm saying? So gay people not 
not look too favorable. So now his colleagues are like, are you sure this was no, no weird tryst? Nothing weird going on with you? He's like, no, no. The guy tried to kill me in the Central Park. Whatever. It's, it's falling apart. Get back to the beach with the dead body. So, so they all conclude there's a gay serial killer because they finally believe the cop now, okay? So the fixer and the cop's boyfriend that runs the magazine because they like, well, who do you use? He says, it only could be one, one person, Mr. Whistler or Mr. Mr. Weisler, Whiten. He's a, he's a nursing uh, student or nursing aide, right? He has his number. He calls him. He calls him. He says, hey, you know, got a, I got a job for you right now. He said, well, I can't come right now because I'm kind of indisposed. He has two dudes lined up, ball and gag, tied up. He's about to, he's about to murk him. He's like, well, I can't come right now. You know, I'm kind of tied up. And uh, <laughs> he says, yeah, well, I need you. I, re- I need, really need you. The boss says, it, you know, it's got to get done. Fine. The gay fixer goes to the bar to meet the assistant, the serial killer, right? So before he gets to the bar, the gay fixer and uh, Gino, right? The newspaper got it. He tells Gino, look, we're going to end this tonight. We're going to take him out tonight. We're going to end this. We're going to kill him and be done with him. That's the plan. That's the gay fixer's plan to go in there and kill the, the assistant, right? He likes to spike drinks. So when he's sitting at the bar, gay fixer walks in, sits down at the bar. There's a drink waiting for him. So the, the gay fixer just kind of does this. He moves the drink to the side. He says, give me a whiskey. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was a slick move because he knew his, he knew what this dude does. Right? Anyone, anytime someone has a drink waiting for you, you're meeting him at the bar. Don't take the drink. He said, he just, he just slid that motherfucker to the side. Give me a whiskey. So, Gabe, uh, the, the assistant knows what is going, going down. He says, I got to go to the bathroom. Gino's in the car outside. Gabe Fixer is at the bar. He pulls out a gun. He goes into the bathroom to go sh- shoot the assistant. He goes into the first stall. There's nothing there. Here comes the fucking, the, 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 the assistant drugs him from behind because the dude's 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. The old man doesn't stand a chance. Walks him out the bar. Walks him out to the car. Gino in the other car sees the gay fixer drugged being walked out to the car with, with, the, with the crazy assistant. Gino follows them to his, his work site. He calls his, his, his gay cop boyfriend and says, hey, I need you. Next week's going to be fire. I'm, I'm in this. I'm in this. I'm in this series. American Horror Story. New York, I'm in this. Ah! Hey, look, all the gay shit I fast forward, I skip over, but it's it's a great story. I'm invested in this. I'm invested in this shit now. I can't be the only one watching this series. Now, fuck all that. Don't do that. Don't do. It's a great fucking series. I skip all the gay shit though. You know what I'm saying? It's a great series. So next week. You know what I'm saying? Anywho, all right, that's my first topic. <laughs> Listen, it, they break down all the bathhouse shit because what they do back then, they had singer lounge singers in the bathhouses singing while every. You know what I'm saying? Like it really broke down the culture of the bathhouse 
the underground gay scene back in, in, in the 80s in New York. Then you had the doctor, the female doctor who's pregnant, got pregnant by her gay best friend. So then, then there's this activist, Sandra Bernhardt. All my old heads, you know, you remember Sandra Bernhardt, the, the comedian, the female comedian. She was really raunchy back in the day. New York chick, tall, whatever the case, real sassy mouth. She's in this, you know, she's starting to look her age, but she, she's been around for forever. So she's the activist. She's talking to the lady doctor about the whole Plum Island thing and how the, they, they're doing all these bioweapon genetic experiments on people with the blood. So she breaks down how now the doctor is starting to see rashes on all, all the gay men. This is the AIDS epidemic. So they're at the very precipice of the, the AIDS pandemic that's about to spring out in the early 80s. So now all her patients have low, low red blood cell counts. They have all these rashes on their skin. And now her baby, they did her blood work. Her baby has low uh, red blood cell count now. So, mm-hmm. okay, I'm invested in this. I'm invested in this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a dope series. Like, when, when does American Horror Story ever disappoint? When, 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 when? Okay, that's that. Okay. Um, second um, mini topic real quick. Uh, I remember, remember I, I explained to, who, to everybody, Michelle Lamy, old school witch, um, Met Gala, the Migos. People for, I think people forgot about this picture. I was reminded of this picture because, yeah, if you hadn't already seen this, this pretty much will tell you. Hold up. Let me find it. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. In happier times. The Migos. Y'all remember this? Met Gala from a few years ago. Okay. All right. From a few years ago. They've already marked. They've already marked. Okay. So this really shouldn't be anything new to anybody at this point. This should not be new to you. If these pictures are new to you, you're in the wrong class. I'm going to need you to turn the fuck around and walk right out and go back down to kindergarten. (laughs) You're in the wrong class. This is old. This is old. Okay. Uh, let me see. Nope. Let me get rid of that. This is old. This is old. Okay. All right. Met Gala. All right. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Let's get right into Jay Prince. No. Let's do uh, Denzel. Let's do Denzel first. If you haven't heard, I was a little disappointed with Freak Show. Okay, 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 okay. I can see that. I can see that. Are you talking about the movie? No, I'm talking about American Horror Story. Thanks. Okay, uh, real quick, Denzel. Well, not so much Denzel, but the movie production. This is kind of, and I just spoke yesterday about um, you know how music, TV, and film is like a bedlam for drug distribution. This should not be surprising to anybody, but 
I figure I covered it. I'll cover it anyway, just because. So let's get into this. Oh, wait. I don't care for the sound. I don't want the music. Okay. This is in Italy. Equalizer 3 is being shot currently in Italy, starring Denzel Washington. Um, so let's get into it. Italian paramilitary police arrested two caterers working on Denzel Washington's The Equalizer 3. Uh, seizing 120 grams of cocaine during a raid on their hotel rooms. The drug bust took place Tuesday afternoon at a hotel near the town of Maori on the Amalfi Coast. Uh, it followed the sudden death of the production's head of catering. Okay. The Italian newspaper reported that the 55-year-old man collapsed upon exiting a local pub and later died of a heart attack. Several packets of cocaine were subsequently discovered in his pockets, leading police to suspect that there might be more drugs on the set of the Equalizer 3 production. During Tuesday's raid, Italian police officers placed two Roman catering workers over the age of 30 under house arrest on suspicion of drug dealing after allegedly seizing the cocaine from their hotel room. These are the production's uh, photos. As you can see, the pair was detained after a private event during their day off and were not on set at the time. A third caterer was allegedly found to be in possession of a small amount of cocaine for personal use and had his driver's license revoked. Police also swept the area of the local port, hmm, which has been the main staging area for the film production. Okay. Director uh, Antoine Fuqua is back for this one. Okay. There's no indictment on Denzel, but you know, this should not really be surprising to anybody because if you've been on enough film sets, you see some things. Okay. So this really shouldn't be too eye opening for some folk. Okay. Okay. Um, no Denzel slander. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't slander him. I didn't slander him. I didn't slander him. Uh, Denamus, thank you, bro, for the super chat. I know Denzel wanted a more realistic feel to the movie, but this is overboard. <laughs> It, it is what it is, Nick. You know, I, I, I'm used to it. No, no, no biggie for me. Wait, Denzel was only testing the cocaine to research thorough. Y'all stupid. He did it in the name of art. Y'all stupid. <laughs> Y'all wrong as hell for that shit. Let's get into this. Baby racks. Baby racks. I listen. God damn it. Come on. Don't do this to me. I am in support of baby, ra- baby racks. If you don't know who baby racks is. Not saying you should know, but if you, you know, if you're up to speed. If you're up to speed. In this hip hop thing over the last 72 hours, then you know who baby racks is. I support baby racks. Okay. In my opinion, baby racks really didn't do anything wrong. Maybe the timing was bad, but I get what he's saying. Okay, so let's get to Baby Racks. 
Yeah, he did, Edmund. I support Baby Rax. I know, no, 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 a lot of you guys are like, who the fuck is Baby Rax? Okay, Baby Rax. Baby Rax responds after Gucci Mane signed and dropped him from his label in one day. Yes, it 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 can happen, I suppose, if you say the wrong thing. So, how do we get here? And now, Baby Rax is is not a nobody. Okay, he's not a nobody. If you follow underground, you know hip hop, you've heard of Baby Rax. He's had a couple big big um, hits on his own and independent. Okay, here we go. Gucci Mane announced Wednesday. This is literally yesterday, y'all. That Baby Rax was signed to his 1017 records and subsequently dropped in a matter of one day. Quote, congratulations to Baby Rax, first artist to get signed and dropped in a day, he wrote. That dude is not signed to 1017. Okay, that's what Gucci Mane said on Twitter. The bizarre turn of events came with no explanation from Gucci Mane, according to XXL. Baby Rax responded to Gucci's tweet, on his now private account says congratulations to baby racks appreciate the video appreciate flying me and my team out i appreciate that check atlantic records sent thank you gucci he wrote along with a deuces emoji okay racks also this is this now this is the messed up part racks also shouted out to yo Gotti, jeezy pierre p thomas and rick ross in the same tweet in an attempt to secure a new deal since he's a free agent now. Okay, but what happened? I'm going to explain to y'all what happened. XXL reports Baby Racks posted a series of tweets, which still include 1017 on the handle, where he made some inappropriate remarks about the city of Houston in the wake of the death of Takeoff prior to his dismissal from the label. This is all he said. He said, I'm definitely not fucking with Houston after. Don't book me. Cause baby racks ain't coming. He said, y'all mad. Cause I said, I ain't coming to Houston laughing my ass off. Fuck Houston. Now, poor choice of wording, possibly poor timing, but you know, if we, if you, if you, we keep saying rap is a dangerous profession. This man clearly said, you know what? I'll stay out of Houston for, you know, for a good hot minute. What's the issue? What is the? No, no, no. I support baby racks. Like I said, maybe poor choice of words, poor timing, but I support his sentiment. Okay. Which one is it? Is rap dangerous? Yes or no. If it's dangerous and an artist says, you know what? I'm not coming to that city. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, his, his heart was in the right place. His heart was in the right place. Okay. So, well, I'll keep my eye on baby racks. I believe he'll, somebody will pick him up after all this blows over. Okay. But I, I think there was a rash decision on Gucci to drop him. Like, do you not forget the element that you, sir, used to, that you came up in? Right. Right. He's cool with, and, and you know what? That's one of those, you, you check him and chastise your artist, you dropping them because, you know, he, the artist expressed legitimate fear for his life or safety coming to Houston. You think these other rap niggas ain't like, you know what? 
Scratch that Houston date. I know I got booked up. Scratch the Houston. Watch how many rappers not come to Houston over the next three or four months. Okay. Yeah. Watch how many rappers not come to Houston for the next few months. Okay. I stand with baby racks on this. Uh Oh, doing overtime. Uh Oh, uh Oh, I'm sure it's after work traffic too. Uh Oh, you safe out there. Sexy red. What's happening? Uh, let's see on social media. There's a clip of a street dude warning to leave powder Coke alone. Cause it's getting cut with fentanyl world worldwide. Hey, listen, Coke, Coke use is not going to stop. Let's we can stop right there. Yeah. Baby racks chose life. <laughs> he chose life. Now, like I said, maybe the timing uh, was bad. Maybe the choice of wording was bad, but I respect his sentiment. That man has a right. Uh, yo, if you feel your life is in danger, going to a particular city, the people that run the city can't control their wolves, can't keep their people at bay. Then, yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem for everybody. I don't think he was joking, but it needed to be said. So, all right. So now we're on this Houston thing. Uh, Yeah, I'm hearing that too. Partnership, right. Okay, listen, when it comes to Jay-Z and ownership, there's those should, those two words should never be in the same sentence ever again. The word Jay-Z and ownership should never, ever, ever be put in the same sentence together ever, ever. Okay. Ever. My Jay, Jay at, at best is going to be a minority owner. Just like the majority of these artists that own teams. They're always minority owners. The only, the only question is how much of a minority, what's their percentage. Okay. Okay. What you got mob ties? Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, somebody's going to pick baby racks up. Okay. Uh, will mob ties get involved if more artists decide to skip Houston? They're going to have no choice but to. I honestly think this is, this is a huge black guy for Houston. Not only for Houston, but once again for the Prince family. They're scrambling behind the scenes right now. You know they are. This is a huge, bad, huge black guy for them. Okay, if you cannot guarantee the safety of some of the biggest artists in hip hop, really? Okay. All right. And speaking of artists being in danger, let's revisit the J Prince versus Big Mike beef. Big Mike, Mr. Player Player. I totally forgot about this beef. That's how long ago it was. Shout out to uh, one of the subbies that, that mentioned it in the comments because I totally forgot we're going to revisit this beef. Once again, Jay Prince is a terror to his own community, to his own people. I present to y'all Exhibit J. Exhibit J, Jay Prince versus Big Mike. Let's get into it. I'm not going to hold y'all. While Jay Prince is out here doing some Negro explaining, we'll get into his comments about what happened, what took place 48 hours ago. But right now, we need to go back into the time machine and revisit Jay Prince once again. Y'all, 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 y'all love mentioning small hats. Y'all love mentioning small hats, but y'all always overlook when Jay and and Suge be putting hands on their own artists. You know what I'm saying? It got so bad at death row. Cats was taking guns to the studio. And, and I will say for the record, I've been to Can-Am Studios. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. All the setup, 
the layout, studio A, B, C, and D. It was a beautiful set. Oh my god! Oh, I, I, that was a beautiful, beautiful studio. But let me get back to this. So once again, y'all always want to point the finger at small hats, what they do, don't do. Uh, small hats will beat you up uh, legally. And if they're going to put hands on you, they're going to, they got, they got fixtures for, but you've never heard <laughs> Lou Wasserman slapping up, uh, uh, one of his actors or actresses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let me get up in these comments. Shout out to everybody that's in the chat. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay. Yes, big UA. This is this is all black folk. This all black folk. All black folk doing this to own to their own people. So I'm really over the the small hat thing. Y'all just a lot of these cats saying small hats just for clicks and views. Oh, look what they're doing now at the late. Let's stop. It's your own people. You sign your own people, you get treated worse. Uh oh, and they're on fire, Brooklyn. Yes, I heard Brooklyn hired <laughs> hide your wives. If you if you're a Brooklyn Nets employee, hide your wives. Okay, let's go. Big Mike on why he left rap a lot talks about beef with Scarface and more. Now I remember him whooping Scarface's ass. I remember this. Because I had a cousin from Fifth Ward, and he would come to visit us every once in a while. And this and he happened to visit just right after this shit happened. He said, Yeah, he said, I remember him telling me this Big Mike had whooped. He said, whooped Scarface's ass. It wasn't a fight. He said, whooped. Because Big Mike is a big dude. <laughs> Scarface, not a big dude. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. In 2004, Michael Barnett was paroled and released from prison. This is in, in, in 04. Okay. This article is. When I recorded it, what year is this? This is 2012. This article is from 2012. This beef took place about 2003-2004. Okay? If I remember correctly. All right, anywho. 2004, Michael Barnett was paroled and released from prison. The rapper known as Big Mike had served three and a half years for torching a studio affiliated with Rap-A-Lot Records. Serious Business, Big Mike's 1997 LP was a critical and commercial success. I remember because I bought that, uh, that, that tape. It was a cassette tape but led to big problems between the rapper and his label. That offense was the culmination of simmering tensions between Mike and the venerable Houston label on which he released his well-received solo projects and albums with convicts and ghetto boys. By 97, his star had risen so high. According to Mike rap a lot, wanted to lock him down under a long-term contract. The label attempted to make him an offer he couldn't refuse, and that's when the trouble started. Now 37, and once again, this is a pretty old article, in a new phase of his career, Mike has decided to tell his side of the story publicly for the first time. Many of his fans know about the arson, but they assume it was the result of a mental condition or drug addiction. A drug addiction. This is untrue, he says, and he wants to set the record straight. The only way to destroy those lies, he goes on, is to tell the truth. Okay. Um, okay. After getting in trouble as a kid in New York, from New Orleans, I'm telling you, New Orleans is a different breed of different breed of nigga. I'm just saying. 
He moved to Houston to live with his grandparents and nowadays moves back and forth between the two cities. Okay. Um, uh, no, 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 no. Hey, Dr. Dre don't care about all that. On death row. No, 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 no. Okay, here we go. A rap a lot representative told him that Willie D was leaving was leaving Ghetto Boys and invited him to fill the spot. And so Mike returned to Houston and contributed to the group's 1993 uh, LP till death do us part. Though it was a strong album and eventually went gold, at the time it was seen as something of a failure. Coming from the heels of the group's commercial and critical pinnacle, we can't be stopped. Mike was booted from the group shortly after he and Scarface had a physical altercation of some sort. Mike suggests Face was jealous over Mike's increasing fame, but Mike now had a platform to launch his solo career. And his first two Rabbalot albums, Something Serious and Still Serious, cracked Billboard's Top 40. The latter release in 97 peaked at number 16 and demonstrated his commercial viability. Okay. And here we go. Around this time, Mike says he attempted to collect some money he was owed by a Rapalot, uh, by Rapalot. He called the founder, Jay Prince, who said, sure, he could ha- have his money, but he always wanted him to sign a new record contract. This was news to Mike. His old contract hadn't expired, and besides, other labels were expressing interest in his services. Unsure what to do, he balked. Okay. Apparently, this didn't go over too well with Prince. Mike remembers their call being put on speakerphone with someone lurking on Prince's end of the line, barking threats. Do you know who you're talking to? Mike recalls the man saying something could happen to you. Okay. This is black people. There's no small hats in this. There's no small hats in this. This is black people, black men. All right, let's continue. Mike tried to put the conversation out of his mind. That night, he fell asleep like normal in his house in a new Missouri City subdivision. (laughs) Jeez. But in the middle of the night, as he laid next to his pregnant girlfriend, something woke him. Did you just tell me to get up? He asked his lady. She said she hadn't. So he laid back down, but sleep wouldn't return. Something felt eerie. He walked into the living room and sat down. After pausing for a moment, he lit a cigarette and began a conversation with his maker. Lord, I feel like somebody's plotting against me. Please watch over me. Don't let nothing happen to me. Okay. Mike then made the sign of the cross and leaned over to ash his cigarette. At that very moment, shots rang out and he heard the sound of uh, glass smashing. A bullet penetrated the wall right behind him where his head had been a moment earlier. He hustled out of the room, avoiding the bullets and injury. His girlfriend was okay too. Thankfully, as were his children who against their routine happened to be with their mother that weekend. Niggas ain't shit. Niggas ain't shit. I don't want to hear nothing about no small hats. I don't want to hear nothing about small hats. I don't, want, I don't want to hear small hats ever, ever again. Ever, ever, ever again. Ever. Okay? Something in that water. <laughs> hey, I'm getting caught up in the comments. I'm getting caught up in the comments. We're going to continue with this story. 
Yeah, black on black crime. Before it became popular, right? What? Ty City? Ty City? I was waiting for you or Third World Colombian. Y'all got the whole... Well, no, nah, you, you're not in Houston, but... Jay Print, come on, man. This is bad on Texas. We're going to continue with this story. Let's go. It was divine intervention, Mike thought. Today, he doesn't come out and directly accuse Prince or, or anyone at rap a lot or of orchestrating the shooting. Draw your own conclusions, he, he says. Calls requesting comment from the label for this story were not returned. This is not over. It gets worse. Still, he felt what he felt. And in the coming days, did a lot of thinking. He didn't go to the police because as a street dude, that violated his code of ethics. Though initially, he intended to turn the other cheek. An encounter at a local club with a Rapalot security guard made him change his mind. Unprovoked. Mike says the man threw a drink at him, and so he threw a couple of his own right back. These people don't understand nothing else but guerrilla tactics. He remembers thinking, growing angry. All of that took me away from being Big Mike. It was just Mike again. Shortly thereafter, he made a decision that would dramatically alter the course of his life. He attempted to burn down a studio used by rap a lot, as well as the imprint's headquarters. Mike wouldn't go into details about the evening, but was quickly pinched for the studio fire. He served time in various spots around West Texas and was released a little more than halfway through his six-year sentence. It's hard to think about it now because I lost so much of that off one event. Time of my life, time with my children, my career suffered a blow from it. When he returned home, Mike found that his name had been slandered. There were rumors that he had lost his mind and that he was abusing substances Neither was true. He contends and adds that his that he has finally gone public with this story to clear the air. The alternative version is already out there. He says people ask what happened to Big Mike. Oh, he tried to burn down a building. I think he went off his rocker. Okay. Uh, insisting that he's not better, he maintains that his faith in God has helped him accept and even feel grateful for the hand he was dealt. Now, okay, once again, I ask anybody in the chat, can we please find a small hat to blame for this? Jay Prince has been allowed to be a menace to his people and his community for the last 30 years. He is no different than Nino Brown, right? He'll put, he'll drag you out your house, butt ass naked with the shotgun into your face and then every Christmas or every Thanksgiving, give out turkeys for the kids. That's not how this works, people. That's not how this works. Now, let's continue with Jay Prince's statement. Regarding, you know what? Let me just get up in the comments first. <laughs> Jay Prince ain't nobody. Let them overheads tell it. I can't tell. I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell. He's been a, a free for all ever since South Walker shot up. <laughs> what is wrong with y'all down there? What is wrong with y'all down there? Ty, I need you to go, go down there and, and bring some order 
and some structure to them. Okay. Once again, I laid out my points last night. Them people's feds, in my opinion. Jay Prince don't have no pool, just voicemail recordings. Big Mike should have gone back down to New Orleans and signed a cash money. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Here we go. He said the hurricane, that hurricane merges Texas and LA. <laughs> Let's get into what Jay Prince had to say. Because right now, that whole family is as guilty as, as, as all hell. In my in my opinion, but uh, yeah, okay. So he says, uh, <clears throat> the Prince family would like to send our condolences to the family and friends of a beautiful soul, to Estonians and families around the world. This one breaks my heart because Takeoff was a brother, a son, a role model, and a God-loving human being. Grief is the price of love. A bill people from across the globe are paying right now as we mourn this loss. I've been knowing Takeoff, Quavo, and Offset for many years. And there has been nothing but mutual love and one another. And just that ain't going to ever change when we are concerned. This shouldn't have happened. This shouldn't have ever happened in our city. This shouldn't have been recorded. And this damn show shouldn't be circulating across social media for family, friends, and fans to see. As I write this, I'm angry. And the lack of love and respect. Have one another to race, which keeps bringing us. Ain't this, this bullshit, nigga? Please, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. This is such bullshit. Jay Prince, you hypocrite, you piece of shit. I can't, I can't continue. I can't, I can't continue. This is such bullshit. It's a joke. He's a joke. This is this is disrespectful. Okay. <laughs> This is disrespectful. I cannot, I cannot with a, <laughs> with a clear mind read this bullshit. I can't. I can't. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. James had a nerve to get murdered a few. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait, Southside Big Stepping. See, once again, they, they gonna learn today. He says, y'all better leave. Y'all better leave Jay Prince's name out. Y'all clock chasing. I seen him go quiet and people simply started dropping. So just be happy. He's speaking. Nigga, do you know who I'm married to? You think I give a fuck? You think I'm worried? Nigga, I got access to Boris. Okay? I got access to Boris and Draco. I'm not worried about none of you niggas ever. I'm not worried. <laughs> These dudes don't have American names. I'm not worried. All right. This is the power of social media. You cannot win. You cannot win. You know what? Let's continue. Yes. Yes. He really thinks he's the godfather. Yeah. 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 <laughs> look, hey, look, 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 look. He wants some air time. I'll support the way Jay Prince conduct Texas business. Will you continue to go do that? The fuck off my page, please. And thank you. Matter of fact, won't you copy the link to this live stream and forward it to his ass. <laughs> the fuck? You know what? Let's continue with this nonsense. Let's continue. Let me see if I can if I can pull this off. Where'd I leave off? This, this, this is the most hypocritical hypocritical shit I've ever I've I've read. 
as I write this, I'm angry about the lack of love and respect we have for one another as a race, which keeps bringing us back to the same tragic place of black-on-black killing. They say Satan is the author of confusion, and right now, there are a lot of lies and false narratives being spread by media whores. I consider myself a man that's quick to listen and slow to speak. Therefore, to whomever is responsible for putting that bullet in my little nephew's head, let it be known that you can't hide behind me, beside me, or anywhere near me. Because I don't tolerate dumb shit. I speak these words not knowing whose bullet is responsible for his death. With that being said, the root of this tragedy is foolish and has to be owned by that fool. I will sum this up by saying a gun in the hands of any human that closes his eyes to shoot and doesn't have the proper skills of operating that gun is dangerous. And the results usually end up innocent people who have nothing to do with the altercation being shot at. Nigga! Y'all believe this? Are you, listen- are you listening to this nonsense? <laughs> are you are you listening to this nonsense? <laughs> Wait, where'd it go? No, get out of here, Hulu. No, no. No, go back. Ah, damn it. Damn it. There we go. Okay. Okay. Boop. Are, are y'all listening to this foolishness? Because I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. You you fucking right. Listen. <laughs> these dudes have like eight syllables in their names I'm not worried about na- name one of y'all trust and believe <laughs> trust and believe <laughs> I'm not worried about nothing they don't they're not from this country okay <laughs> they're not from this country <laughs> they're not from this country it sounds like a damn western. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Natasha, hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh <laughs> character appearing from behind the cloud set. Hi. That's right, DJ Ready Red. Yo, I totally forgot about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you know what? Let's continue with this. Let me try to finish reading this for y'all. Good Lord. I don't know where this is. Okay, man. To the homies in Georgia and all around the world that got love for takeoff like we do this. Let me know this. Let's change the narrative in our culture by putting an end to every argument, disagreement, resulting in violence. It's okay to live and let live to see another day. Rest in peace, take off. Nigga, stop. In the words of Jay-Z, we don't believe you. You need more people. Okay? Uh-oh, here we go. Here we go, y'all. Here we go. Jerry Prince not to be spoken by those who... You mean those... T-H-O-S-E by those who not trying to sit at the round table. Nigga, I don't want to sit at a round table with a bunch of niggas. <laughs> Did you make sure to copy and paste the link to this stream to send it to your peoples? <laughs> hey. Oh my goodness. Hilarious. The hilarity. The hilarity ensues. Okay. Okay, so what do you guys think about uh, Jay Prince's uh, response? Um, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. 
Okay, I found this on Twitter. Uh, okay, so this also talks about the Big Mike situation briefly. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me pull this up. This is old. This motherfucker got all that fucking tea. Here we go. I found it. I found this. Oh, my God. I found it. Let's go. All right. All right. Okay. This is Exhibit K. Exhibit K. The people versus J. Prince. I found the story. Shout out to this motherfucker right here on Twitter because he, he, got, he got the story I was looking for. Oh, my goodness. Brother, bless you. Thank you. Y'all ready? Here we go. Okay. He got, oh, oh, man, he got all the motherfucking, this dude, he has to be from there. Okay. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Now, he, he's, he's, you know, laying out the points that, you know, Prince is, you know, somebody, you know, that's cool. Okay, so here we go. Many of you asked me to do a thread on him, so tune in. Hopefully, you get a better understanding of why... What he says usually goes. Let's go. Okay. Uh, born 1964. Um, grew up in Fifth Ward. Very poor. Started rapping a lot of records in, eight, in, in 96. Okay. And he put together the group Ghetto Boys, blah, 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 blah. At the time, Scarface and Willie D were not in the group, right? Because it was another dude named Action. Right? They're, them old, old Ghetto Boys first recordings, it was another nigga named Action. And I liked him. I thought he was decent. Let's go. Okay, uh, 88, Jay Prince discovered Scarface. He knew Willie D from around the way and asked if he could come together with a group. Bushwick, who was in the original Get Boys. Okay, 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 let's go. Hey, here we go. Here we go. This is going to lay out my point why I believe Jay Prince is aligned with them people. In 1988, at one of the car lots he had, Police retrieved 20 bricks of cocaine that was found in one of his cars. The people that were around him got arrested and were sentenced to 10 years or to, to years in prison. His brother, Sir Rapalot, who he named the label after uh, and who was supposed to be the face of the label, also went to prison because police found the cocaine in Jay Prince's car. It automatically placed him on the DEA's radar. This is going back to 1988. This is the black Whitey Bulger. This is the black Whitey Bulger. You've been aligned with those pe- these people since 1988. Don't tell me any different. Don't tell me any different. Since 88. Now, if you want to. You care to dispute this by all means. Okay. Okay. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Um, da, 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 da. Okay. 88. Yeah, he lived in New York for a little bit. Uh, I went back to Houston. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. 1991, Pimp C's mother was in her living room with UGK. Someone rings the doorbell. Pimp C and Bun B notices that it's Jay Prince. So they run to their bedroom. Pimp C's mother lets Jay Prince in. Jay Prince tells them that he wants to sign the boys to rap a lot. Pimp C's mother tells him, Cherry, 
rest in peace, Cherry, because the mama died too, like under some weird circumstances that tells him that can't happen because they already signed a job record. Jay Prince repeats again that he wants to sign them. She boldly tells him no. Jay Prince's goons were staring at him. They'd never seen anyone stand up to him like that before. There was a long silence. She then kindly asked them if they wanted to eat. Since then, Jay Prince and Pimp C been friends. Now, fast forward, people still blame Jay Prince for Pimp C. Okay? I'm not the only one that, that's heard that. People still blame Jay Prince somehow pulling the strings on, on Pimp C. On Pimp C's demise. Okay? I'm not, I'm not the only one that, that's heard this. So let's not play this game. Okay? Let's continue with this thread. Suge Knight used to be Jay Prince's bodyguard whenever he came to Los Angeles. Suge was influenced heavy by Jay Prince because of their artists always collaborate without issue. Book wish, wish, dun, 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 dun. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. He said, I said 96 by accident before when I, what he found, I meant 86, but y'all knew that. Okay. Of course. Of course. Young Suge Knight, Jay Prince. Uh, yeah. Dope dealers, basically. Dope dealers. Dope dealers, which is why the government could not allow Irv and and Suge and Jay Prince to come together. It wasn't about music. It was about dope, moving dope. They would have been competition for the government. That's why the feds moved in. They would have been competition. They'd have been dope competitors. It wasn't about music distribution. Stop the lies right there. We can end that shit right now. We can end that discussion, that, those lies right now. The feds were not breaking them up for music distribution. They were breaking them up because they were going to be dope competitors. Okay? Let's continue. Um, okay, oh, funny. Jay Prince is responsible for introducing Lydia Harris to Harry O, the original founder of Death Row. Lydia was Jay Prince's associate, and Harry fell in love with her. This is all dope. This is all dope connection, dope money. Okay? This is all crack money. Crack and coke, heroin money. So these are all fucking drug dealers. Right? This is like the, 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 the Houston version of the, of, the, of the Supreme Team. That's all it is. That's all it is. Okay, let's go. Crooked Officer by Ghetto Boys was created after a run-in between police and Rap-A-Lot records or Rap-A-Lot artists at one of their shows. Jay Prince speaks at the beginning of this video. I've seen someone say he talks like MLK, which makes him seem scarier. To, boy, listen, you know what? I don't want to hear this nigga talk. Let's listen. Okay, let's listen to this nigga talk. It's a game. I think it's a conspiracy going on with the police officers uh, conspiring against Ghetto Boys all over the world who uh, beat the system. And what I mean by beat the system... It's beginning to have a little money where they're not controlled by, you know, you being an athlete uh, or something like that that they can come and watch and enjoy. I think they want to destroy you, you know, from Ice-T on down to the Ghetto Boys to a variety of others. Nah, the song not enough. You know, the song just um, saying that we need to, you know, take some kind of action. You know what I'm saying? This is just a beginning. It's just a beginning and a step towards the right way. We're asking them to be responsible and punish those officers who are abusing their authority. We're well, yeah, asking them to be responsible and punish those officers. 
parts of it. You know, from plant grown. All right, I'm over that. Let's continue. Big Mike replay. Okay, we already got this, the Big Mike story. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, so the convicts is in a group uh, with the three two with three two called the convicts who were also signed. They died in 2016. Three two was the one who came up with the phrase "G's up, hoes down," which he gave to Snoop. Oh, so Houston did that. Okay, okay. So shout out to our R.I.P. to um uh to three two was the one who came up with the phrase, and he misspelled phrase, but that's okay. We're gonna forgive him. G's up, hoes down. Which he gave to Snoop shows the rap a lot death row correlation. And this is when he talked about Big Mike. Okay, Big Mike, Big Mike. Okay, we're, we're, we already broke that down. Jay Prince always had a lot of goons by his side who were always loyal to him. Okay. And Jay Prince tried to mediate the situation by getting Pac, Suge, Diddy, and Big together, but Pac got pissed and walked out. And that's when he got into boxing management. This is young pretty boy Floyd. Boy, that boy was nasty. Young, yo, pretty boy Floyd is a far better boxer than, than money. All right, pretty boy Floyd, people tend to forget in his first 30 fights, he had 20 knockouts. How come motherfuckers never give Floyd his, his proper credit? Like Floyd will put you on your ass if he wanted to. Okay. Pretty boy is a far better boxer than money. Floyd, you know, before the hand issue, cause you know, he had bad hands like his daddy, but first 30 fights, he had 20 knockouts. Floyd was nasty. Anywho. And then goes into the issues with Floyd. Let, you know, let's, let's hear it from Bob Arum, the small hat. Let's small hats. And so okay, wait, wait. break a couple of heads of people in Mayweather's camp with baseball bats. And so the gym was splattered with uh, blood. And uh, Floyd came to my office the next day and he said, Prince wants his money from the fight that's coming up. So I said to Floyd, fine, if that's what you want. I'll write him a letter of credit. And Floyd said to me, Prince don't do no letters of credit. You better send the cash. So I wrote a check and I made it a contract with uh, a Prince's lawyer and he got paid the money that he was said he was entitled to as Floyd's manager. Well, had Floyd told you anything about him before this disturbance? No. I had met Prince while he was Floyd's manager, and he conducted himself very businesslike, very well, uh, and I've dealt with him since, and he's been a man of his word. So I have no complaint with James Prince. What the falling out was, if there was a falling out, that's between Floyd Mayweather and James Prince. And man, I haven't been in this business for 50 years, so I'm going to end up. Bob, stop lying. You, you, you at one point just, you just got rid of uh, Terrence Crawford. You said Terrence Crawford lost you money on every fight <laughs> you promote, you promoted for him. <laughs> All right. That's, that's, that's from the, the chief small hat, Bob Aram. Okay. 
Now, here's what I did not know. And once again, shout out to at Val at Valtown uh, on Twitter. He says people didn't know that throughout the 90s, before he got into the sports management thing, Jay Prince was on the run for almost 12 years. The whole 1990s, he was on the run. One day he got pulled over by two police officers. One was known for killing people on the job. They let him go with a warning. The officer said he was swerving. So Jay Prince called Maxine Waters and both officers got demoted. One got fired and the other got a desk job. Don't fucking play with me. He's with them people. And this nigga still, this nigga still here. Look at this, y'all. Why y'all trying to get my homie the Rico Chargers? Just breaking my heart. Y'all bloggers hate a black man with mob ties and street power. Nigga, that only, if you only have power over your own people, you have no power. I'm sorry. Bragging about having power over black people is nothing to brag about. I'm sorry. Do this to some white folk. Okay. Do this with white people. Do this with some Arabs. Do this with some Asians. Do this with some Mexicans. Do this with somebody that's that's that doesn't ha- that doesn't look like you. That doesn't have a broad nose. Okay, and extra melanin, and and you know, do this with somebody not black. Let's continue. Jay Prince's son found a Drake. Jay Prince wasn't really feeling his music, but seeing the opportunity in extorting the dude, which is, which he's still doing in 2018. That's why Drake always shouts out Houston. Jay Prince also ran 50 out of Houston. Scarface released a song called snitch nigga. Jay Prince copied and pasted a random Scarface verse to make it seem like Scarface was dissing him. Jay Prince usually does this to his artists which is what Scarface had to explain to 50. This happened because Scarface was signed to Def Jam South and Jay Prince was putting out old unreleased music from Scarface. Scarface wasn't cool with it, but was allegedly too scared to say that to Jay. Jay Prince and 50 are cool now, though. I'm sure they are. I, listen, I don't believe 50 ever ran from any fucking body, but um, because, you know, 50's just bought a house in Houston. He does events in Houston. So I, I, this, I mean, where's that part at? Yeah. Him running 50 out of Houston. I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to call a slight cabbage. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call a slight cabbage. Here we go. Jay Prince, Suge Knight and Irv Gotti were trying to start a distribution company for rappers, but Suge and Irv ended up going to jail. Allegedly Jay-Z snitched on their plans, earning himself a high position at Def Jam. We know this. We know this. Okay. All right. So we have a picture here. Big Chief Denzel and Jay Prince in 94. Jay Prince, Scarface, Chuck D, Professor Griff, Bushwick, Bill and Brady Red. Okay. Okay. All right. And that's it. Now. After all this, I laid out for y'all for the last two days in a row. If you still, you know, you're free to believe what you want. Once again, my job is not to change anybody's religion. Uh, that's not my job. Uh, that's not my job. 
Okay. I'm just here to. <laughs> I'm just here to the, the layout. What's been laid out. Yeah, Pretty Boy was Pretty Boy was aggressive in the ring. People need to go back and watch those old fights, man. He was aggressive. All that, all that people keep claiming, you know, he runs and not. No, Adrian, thank you for the super chat. Good, Jay Prince imitation. <laughs> okay, I'm just getting caught up, and then we're going to the next. We're gonna go into uh, my my last two topics of the day yo yeah exactly you getting cops demoted and while you're on the run and we all know maxine waters history i don't need to go over that okay giving sharecropper vibes okay Yeah, I'll, yeah, T.O., I'll never, listen, 50 don't run. 50 does not run. 50 don't do retreats. <laughs> None of that shit. Uh-uh. No, Angela, no, 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 no. Ain't nobody in storage 50. No, 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 that's not happening. That's not happening. Yeah, because rem remember, y'all, if those that remember, um, uh, Scarface was Def Jam South president, and he's the one that signed Ludacris. That was his first major signing was Ludacris. Okay, so yeah, you know, but you know, face being face, he's not gonna you know spill the tea like that. Jay Jermaine, thank you, bro, for the uh, oh, oh super chat. Okay, let's well, keep it pimping, pimping. Yeah, all day, yes, sir. Wow. Nah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't check his, his outfit. Okay. Now let me kind of go a little left here. This is what everybody put on your aluminum, your aluminum hats, fedoras. Okay. Put on your aluminiums. We're about to go spelunkering. We're about to go spelunkering. And I'm going to, I'm just, this next topic, I'm going to be real brief with it. Cause I don't want to get hit. I don't want to get in trouble with none of that shit. I'm trying to stay compliant as possible. Okay. Where is it at? Where is it at? That's not it. That's not it. That it? That's not it. Okay. Oh, I got to check my email. Let me go to my email real quick. Let me flip the email. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Okay, that's one. No, that's not it. Don't want that one. Shoot. I thought I had more. Okay. That and that. 
Y'all bear with me. I'm getting my life together. I'm getting it together. You trash. Okay. I'm going to talk real brief, but it's nothing y'all haven't already seen or heard. I, I just, you know, y'all know me. I'm weird like that. Okay. I can go in the trash. Nope. 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 Okay. Okay. I'm going to talk real brief. Really, really brief. About this blood clot thing. Okay. Really, really brief. Really, really brief. Because sometimes you see pictures and you can't unsee it. And it's like, what the hell? Now, this is where we, once again, put on your aluminum. Hats, fedoras, kufis, fezes, kangos, uh, uh, because we're going to go real quick, you know, before we get into the deep, deep dive with the Trump thing, okay? Okay, here we go. You ready? Okay, okay. Wait, let me pull it up. Okay. Y'all just bear with me. Once again, I'm not here to change anybody's religion, position, or station in life. I'm just here to just to show you guys what I see or what I think. Okay, you ready? Okay. Wait, where's my screen share? All right, here we go. Okay, okay, okay. Now, I was on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is my, I told you my go-to. Okay, you got the fitted, the aluminum fitted. <laughs> Activated. All right, all right. Okay, we ready? <laughs> aluminium ski mask. <laughs> yes, aluminium can go. That's the old for sick. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat. Just say carrots. All right. Now, he, I'm going to give you guys how my insight to how I, I kind of see things and how I think, okay? Now, I was on Twitter. Random shit be popping up. And I'd be like, oh, that looks interesting. Let's take a look. All right, so this person tweeted October 24th. Uh, they're not, they're just not normal clots. It's almost like it's a tissue, not a blood clot. Before, only 10 to 15% would be clotted. Now I'm lucky to have bodies that are not clotted. You can discredit what I'm saying all day long with words, but you cannot unsee what I'm seeing. Okay? And that's not the, the creepy part for me. Here's where it gets creepy. Okay? Um, this woman here tweeted, this was from where she retweeted it from a couple of days ago, I believe. Okay. From lung of patient and ICU in Utah presented with shortness of breath. Patient is a 32 year old male with no existing health conditions. He is still alive, currently intubated in the ICU and sedated family stated that he had been inoculated. Now I'm looking at the picture of this blood clot. Okay. That's I've, I've never seen blood clots like that. And you first, you know, you know what the first thing I, I thought when I saw this? Call me crazy, but this is what I thought when I first seen that picture. That's what I thought. That's what I saw. I shit you not. That's what I saw. That's what I saw. That's what I saw. Okay. 
That's what I see when I see that blood clot. That's the first image in my mind that popped up. Well, let me pull it up side by side. Okay. That's the first thing I saw. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. That's what I saw. Now, I'm just giving you guys insight to how I see things, right? How I process things. It's not meant for me to say, hey, well, you maybe should start thinking like me. No, I'm just telling y'all this is what came to my mind when I, when I saw that picture. Okay? All right? Okay. Now, once again, we're going to go deeper. We're going to get to the Trump thing. We're going to get to the Trump thing. Are you ready? All right. Now let me go ahead and exit all this out. Gonna get to the Trump. And once again, take everything I'm saying with a huge, with the biggest piece of grain of salt that you can uh, carry with you. Okay, let me get my things lined up real quick. Okay. Now, once again, once again, you gotta kind of walk, just we're gonna take this slow. And as we go deeper and deeper, all right. Okay. Ready? Okay. Wait, before I go in, let me get up in the comments real quick. Let me see what y'all saying. She said aluminum bonnet. Oh Lord, that's funny. Aluminum bonnet. Okay, let me get Calvin's comments. Okay, aluminum skull caps. I'm, I can't with y'all today. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Now, once again, I'm just giving y'all how I see things. Okay, that's how I see things. I'm not here to, you know, okay? But that's what the clots are looking like. Okay? Uh, Okay. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Once again, take everything with a huge grain of salt. I'm going to present two articles. Okay, let's go. First, this uh, this is from uh, last year, 2021, right? Okay. Ex-President Trump faced ridiculous accusations that he murdered his former assistant, Carolyn Gombell, back in 2000. His alleged motive was silencing her after she threatened to tell reporters about their affair and that Trump had gotten her pregnant. The accusation was made by God on Twitter. God is a parody account on the social media platform that has never been a fan of the president. God accused Trump of committing the ultimate crime. In a tweet, God brings up the murder of Carolyn Gumbel, who allegedly had once served as an assistant to Donald Trump 17 years before he became president. 
Now, here we go. This is where it gets crazy. The entire, the entire parody is uh, from May 2020 is republished here. We're going to go through it, okay? This is the tweet. Okay? Now, they say it's parody. They say it's fake. Okay? Just hear me out. Okay, Carolyn, I'm in a, he strangled her because he had he gotten her pregnant and was threatening to tell the press. Then he bribed NYPD police chief Bernie Kirk to cover it up. It's time to investigate. Okay, here we go. Carolyn Gombell's mother has an audio recording of her daughter the night before saying she was killed, saying if something happens to me, it was Donald. Okay. Okay. Forensics at first tentatively matched the residual thumbprints. Found on Carolyn's neck as matching Trump's own small hands, but that was that finding was later amended and officially ruled, ruled inconclusive. Once again, this is a parody account. Gumbel was allegedly murdered via strangulation, and her case has never been solved. God's tweet started a Justice for Carolyn campaign that has become massive. God tweeted, "Fact: Carolyn Gumbel's mother has an audio recording." Blah 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 blah. blah. Okay, okay, all right. In 2009 autobiography, One Good Cop. Kirik referred to a certain well-known real estate mogul or magnet for whom he had made certain inconvenient facts disappear on page 243 of his book. Once again, y'all fact check this because I didn't get a chance to check this out. One good cop by former chief Kerrick, page 243 to which he referred, he referred to a certain well-known real estate magnet for whom he had made certain inconvenient facts disappear. Once again, this is all parody. Okay, let's continue. Uh, by the way, it's also interesting that Carolyn's New York roommate, Michelle White, committed suicide by jumping in front of a subway train not two weeks later. Once again, I'm, I got to reiterate, this is a parody account. God concluded it with, and of course, you won't find any reference to this stuff online. It's called a cover up people. Don't be naive for her parents, for her friends, for the country, for dem- democracy, for truth, for the fiance. She was just two weeks from marrying, but most of all for her hashtag justice for Carolyn. OK, let's continue. Now, here's where it, once again, we go deeper. Of course, any small amount of research reveals that Carolyn Gombell is not a real person. The joke was in response to Twitter's refusal to take down Trump's misleading tweets. Trump has since been banned from both Twitter and Facebook. At the time this story came out, Trump had been falsely accusing MSNBC host Joe Scarborough of murder. The decision was made days after this post by Twitter to start placing a fact check label under the president's tweets. That was the first time Twitter had done this to anyone on their platform. Okay. That's that. This is where it gets even creepier. Uh, wait a minute. Do I want this? No, I want to do that one right now. I want to do this. I want to go. This is okay. Now this is Snopes. Now we all know Snopes is, is bullshit. Okay. I, I get it. But once again, just walk with me real quick, okay? No, Trump did murder a woman named Carolyn Gumbel. This is May 27, 2020. Let's continue, okay? In response to U.S. President Donald Trump's penchant for spreading conspiracy theories, in particular the insinuation of MSNBC host Joe Scarborough killed an intern years ago. Okay, here we go. His critics on social media invented a conspiracy theory of their own. Trump, they claim, killed a woman named Carolyn Gumbel in 2000. The rumor started with a tweet from God on May 26, 2020. Now, here we go. These are the tweets. All right. Once again, we already covered it in the first article. Okay. Once again, it's all, they, it's a parody account for what they say. Okay. Okay. 
Now, here we go. Um, before we start pulling apart this set of claims, let's make something clear. Donald Trump did not murder a woman named Carolyn Gombell in 2000. Carolyn Gombell never existed. Okay. Now, this thread was posted on May 26, 2020, the same day Twitter announced that it would not remove Trump's tweets pushing a debunked conspiracy theory about MSNBC's Joe Scarborough supposedly killing an intern named Lori Klausutis. Despite her widower's pleas that the platform do so. Okay. TOG created a conspiracy theory that mirrored this and others pushed by the president, except that TOG's conspiracy theory was directed at the president himself. Okay. Here we, now here's where they kind of, they kind of break things down. TOG's first fact claims that there's an audio recording of Gumbel naming Trump as a potential killer. However, saying something exists doesn't make that thing exist. As you'll notice, this viral thread does not actually link to an audio file of Gumbel making a statement. Second fact makes a similarly baseless claim. While this account says that forensics first matched the residual thumbprints found on Carolyn's neck as matching Trump's own small hands, they provide no supporting evidence to back up this claim. Okay, number three, we finally have someone, something that can truly and we can truly investigate. Not only does uh, TOG claim that Carrick, refer, referring to former New York Police Commissioner Bernard Carrick, wrote uh, about the incident in two, his 2009 autobiography, One Good Cop, but TOG also provides that alleged page number. At first glance, this detail makes it seem like this rumor is valid and verified. TOG, after all, just provided the source for his claim, and most readers are not going to take the time to look up this passage. If they did, however, they see that this book does not actually exist. Okay. Carrick has written two autobiographies about his experiences as police, co- police commissioner and as the minister of the interior of, a- of Iraq. Wow. Okay, that's pretty good for a, a city cop. And his jailing for fraud and lying to authorities. But neither of these books was titled One Good Cop. The first published in 20, uh, 2001 was titled The Lost Son, A Life in Pursuit of Justice. And the other published in 2015 was titled From Jailer to Jailed, My Journey from Correction uh, and Police Commissioner to Inmate. Okay. Although Carrick did not write a book entitled One Good Cop in which he admitted to disappearing evidence for a certain real estate mogul, we imagine that his name was included in this thread for a reason. It grounds this conspiracy theory as partly in reality. Carrick, after all, was a real controversial figure and provided interesting parties an opportunity to ask some suspicious questions. Why did Trump issue a full pardon to Carrick? Why did Trump issue a full pardon to Carrick? While TOG did not make this specific accusation, the account did provide just enough information to let people start drawing their own conclusions. The fourth fact, the death of Michelle White. Uh, TOG insinuates that not only did Trump murder a woman named Carolyn Gumbel, supposedly he, but he also had her roommate killed to cover up the crime. TOG does not directly make this accusation either. Rather, they put the words committed suicide in quotation marks to, to imply that while this was an official narrative, it may also not be the truth. This is another common tactic used by purveyors of misinformation. Okay, we searched newspaper, uh, newspapers.com for articles reporting that a woman named Michelle White threw herself in front of a train in New York in 2000. But again, we came up empty handed. We weren't able to find any information about a woman named Carolyn Gombell, according to TOG. It's because all of this information regarding her death has been scrubbed from the Internet as part of a massive cover up to protect Trump. While this certainly sounds suspicious, damning even, even it also provides convenient cover to hide a baseless claim. Okay, now. Now let's get to what Trump said about Joe Scarborough. This is where we we get stupid deep. Okay. 
This is where we get stupid deep. And let me get caught up in these comments real quick. Let me hit the comments. 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 Once again, this is all fiction. Take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. This is not real. This is all jokey jokes. Okay. I'm just here for the comments. I'm just here for the comments. Ready? Here we go. Did Joe Scarborough murder an intern in 2001? They say no. In May 2020, President Trump repeatedly insinuated that MSNBC host Joe Scarborough had murdered a woman. The president, just like the TOG Twitter account, made outlandish and evidence-free claims asking leading questions and provided just enough detail to let his followers start connecting imaginary dots. He tweeted, this is from Trump's official Twitter, a blow to her head, body found under his desk, Left Congress suddenly, big topic of discussion in Florida, and he's a nut job with bad ratings. Keep digging, use forensic geniuses. Okay, that was, okay, and here we go, May 20th, May 12th, 2020, at 5.54 a.m. He says, when will they open a cold case on the psycho Joe Scarborough matter in Florida? Did he get away with murder? Some people think so. Why did he leave Congress so quietly and quickly? Isn't it obvious what's happening now? A total nut job. Psycho Joe Scarborough is rattled not only by his bad ratings, but all of the things and facts that are coming out on the Internet about opening a cold case. He knows what is happening. Comcast should open a long overdue Florida cold case against Psycho Joe Scarborough. I know him and Crazy Mika well. Used them beautifully in the last election, dumped them nicely, and will state on the record and, and that he is nuts besides bad ratings. Now. The woman in question, Lori uh, Klausutis, who died in 2001 reportedly as a result of a heart condition, but this is not a cold case as Trump claims, and, and MSNBC host Joe Scarborough is not, under, is not a murder suspect. In fact, Scarborough was hundreds of miles away at the time of Klausutis' death. Okay? All right. Now, for those that, you know, are too lazy to look themselves, I'll look it up for you. Here we go. He asked Twitter to remove Trump's false tweets about his dead wife. Twitter refused. Display for me. We gotta wait for the ad. Just waiting for the ads. <laughs> waiting for the ads, waiting for the ads. Here we go. Twitter says it is denying a request to delete tweets by President Trump promoting a baseless conspiracy theory about former congressman and current MSNBC host Joe Scarborough. You've noticed this for the past few weeks now. The president has been insinuating that Scarborough was responsible for the 2001 death of his congressional staffer, Lori Klausutis. It is just baseless. 
Yeah, take a moment to digest that. The sitting president is insinuating yeah. a journalist is responsible for murder. Uh, just in the last hour, he has now tweeted he's just, quote, joining the chorus of others touting the theory, suggests law enforcement eventually will look into the case, raises the question of what kind of pressure he might be putting on. Joining us now to discuss uh, this CNN chief media correspondent, Brian Stelter, uh, as well as CNN business reporter, Donnie O'Sullivan. Donnie, if I could begin with you, because you've been in touch with Twitter here uh, they say they're not going to delete these tweets. They're working on stuff that may eventually deal with this sort of thing. I'm just curious, if this doesn't meet the standard, an accusation of being involved in a murder, what, what is the standard then for unacceptable conversation on Twitter? Yeah, that's right, Jim. Twitter this morning telling us that these tweets do not break its rules. Uh, here's a statement that they gave us. They said, we're deeply sorry about the pain these statements and the, the attention they are drawing are causing the family. We've been working to expand existing product features and policies so we can more effectively address things like this going forward, and we hope to have those changes in place shortly. So that is a very big, uh, we're sorry, but we're not going to do anything about it. And they're also not telling us what these supposed changes to their policies and products uh, are going to be or if we'll ever really see them. Um, so really, you know, I think th this is also just, I think, reflective of a much wider issue. I mean, you read the letter from that poor widower and there is so much cyberbullying on that on Twitter's platform. Some some of it obviously coming from the White House, but there are so many victims of online abuse like this and they just feel absolutely helpless and have nowhere to turn. And even in a high-profile case like this, Twitter is saying we're not doing anything about it. Yeah, I mean, Donnie, you've been at the forefront of reporting on that cyberbullying, you know, from so many folks even tied to, to COVID, the piece you brought us a few weeks ago. Brian, you got the letter from the widower, this plea. Yeah, this is from T.J. Klausudas. He was married to Lori uh, in, in 2001 when Lori uh, died in Joe Scarborough's congressional office in Florida. Now, Scarborough was in Washington at the time, but even though he was many states away, there was this conspiracy theory that claimed Scarborough was responsible for Lori's death. It turned out Lori had an undisclosed, uh, und undiagnosed heart condition, and that's why she fell and hit her head and died in the office. And in T.J.'s letter, the, the, uh, the widower's letter, says, you know, this is something that's haunted him ever since because the conspiracy theory guys have been after his family ever since. So it's always been a, a struggle for this family. And now the president's making it even worse. TJ writing in part, the president has taken something that does not belong to him, the memory of my dead wife, and perverted it for, for, for perceived political gain. You know, that, that is ultimately what this is about. It's about the president sinking to yet another new low trying to punish Scarborough because Scarborough is tough of on, on TV and a critic on TV by dredging up the, the most crazy conspiracy theory from the fringes of the Internet and then making it more mainstream. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's not just on Twitter. It's on Republican leaders as well. It's on White House aides. It's on members of Trump's own family to have decency. But we haven't seen any from it. In fact, we've seen the president tweet about this twice again today. Twice. Okay, okay, um, what say y'all, what say you guys, and matter of fact, one more, one more, one more shot, it, it, it's all, you can find this all on, on Google, Every, all the tweets he, he made about the situation, whatever the case may be, once again, I'm not here to change anybody's religion perspective, I'm just laying out some shit that you know, I'm just as like, my jaw was like, 
Wow. Okay. I'm I'm just I'm sitting here with you guys like I didn't even I forgot all this shit was taking place. Right? I'm just sitting here like <laughs> You know what I mean? So um yeah. Yeah. Who was the intern that uh that got killed like fifteen years ago? She was pregnant. What was what was the senator? And he was accused of murdering his intern. What was her name, y'all? I forget. Who? Yeah, the Whedon chick. Yeah, yeah, Chandra Whedon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna get up out of here. I'm gonna get up out of here. Um, once again, um, fuck J Prince, <laughs> fuck my niggas. It's always your own people. It's always your own people. So y'all, y'all can miss me with the small hat um, talk rhetoric, wave fake outrage. At this point, I'm I'm over it. Uh, been over it. I never was a fan of it. Y'all always looking for the boogeyman to, to blame, but you look in the mirror. There's the boogeyman. It's always your own people. So with that being said, thank everybody for hanging out. To everybody who donated time and energy. Um, shout out to whoever butt hurt Houstonians that came through, whatever the case may be. I'm sorry, but you guys, he's he's feds. I'm sorry, allegedly, surreptitiously. He's he's feds. Been fed since '88. You guys been fed since '88. All right, so um, they still talking about Seth Rich. Okay, yeah, 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 yes, 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 indeed, yes, indeed. Yes, yes, Chandra Levy. There you go. Yes, the little Jew girl. Got up, got her up out of there because she wouldn't didn't want to shut up. <laughs> didn't want to shut up. She told her, hey, bitch, shut up. Bitch, I like you. I don't want to kill you. <laughs> Ain't that the worst? Like, you like a bitch, and she just, like, bitch, shut up. I, I like you. I don't want to kill you. That's the worst. Like, that's a confliction. Like, I like you. Don't make me kill you. Okay. So, yeah, aluminium do-rag. Indeed, indeed. So, I'm going to get out of here. Thank everybody for hanging out. I don't know what I'm going to come up with for tomorrow. Hopefully, it's just as riveting. And hopefully, you guys will come back for more. With that being said, y'all have a good one. Peace. Welcome to the Morning Star Show with Super Sly 75. You're listening to OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. Sign up for OTWTube.com. Uncensored free speech platform. Shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. All shows are live on thewakeupradio.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as otwtube.com. And now back to your host, Super Sly 75.